This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have Paul Petrelli on today, and a man of the medical profession. Tell me exactly, Paul, what the title is that you serve under. I'm a certified. I'm a certified registered nurse anesthetist. Okay. So you've been. You were. When did you first start getting into the medical uh, business? 1961. 1961. Ooh, I was young then also. Bless your heart. You probably got a hold of me a couple of times when when Tommy Johns was was one of the main surgeons here. Tommy Johns. I think I've, I think I've heard of him. <laughs> oh, everybody had heard of Tommy. That was the biggest funeral I've ever seen. Yeah. Because I grew up in the funeral business. And uh, we had some important, some dignitaries. My dad was burying, uh, I, I thought they were big funerals. I mean, they were, uh, you could put those people on the head of a pin compared to Tommy's. Tommy was one of the most respected of all people here in this community. And when he passed away, it just absolutely killed me. And I know a lot of others, especially the athletes. Many of us that played football, uh, Tom, t Tommy just uh, pretty much put us back together, you might say. I've often said to my wife, if I could only have the money, the amount of money that Tommy would have collected on athletes that he never did, yeah. he just did them gratis. I, I, I tell you a story on Tommy, and, and you'll appreciate this knowing him. Uh, I messed my uh, uh, elbow up, and he, he put it back together and this was playing football, and then he um, he wanted to put a cast on it. And I said, Tommy, you're not putting a cast on me. And he said, why? I said, I'm claustrophobic. I can't stand it. <laughs> and uh, he, he said, Truman, we've got to. I don't want to mess up this surgery. And I said, no. And he said, yeah, come on, let me do it. And I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let you put the cast on. But when I get home tonight, if I start sweating and my heart starts beating, I said, I'm calling you up. And he said, okay, it's a deal. So I guess he took whatever he needed at home to be able to take it off. So about 4 o'clock that afternoon, it started on me. And I called him. I said, I'm on the way over, big boy. I've tried every way to cut this thing off before I got to you, and I can't do it. So... And he said, all right, come on. 
We talked for almost four hours over there to his house, just yakking and him working on. See, that made it all right as long as I knew that thing was going to be off of my arm and and knowing that he was going to take care of it. All of a sudden, it, it, it kind of made everything better. What did he use to immobilize the elbow? I have no idea. Uh, you mean after he did that? Yeah, Nothing. after he took the cast off. Nothing. Nothing? No. He made me hold it myself. And to keep from having to go through the crap again, I did it. I mean, I did that sh shoulder, elbow never moved the whole time that I was home. And then, it, of course, it it got better. But every isn't it funny how every patient that you have is different? We all have something that's going to kind of uh, um, make it not as well as it should be because just like that that could have gone back to the surgery all, all being messed up again but i promised him i would not move and i didn't he he was such a stickler for perfection yes he was but he prayed every time before his surgery You're exactly right i was going to bring that up earlier yeah. before we got on the air but uh when Garth played uh, football, MTSU, he played with Kelly Holcomb for four mm -hmm. years. And when we played at uh, Georgia Southern, Kelly got hit in the face and broke his jaw. Mm -hmm. So uh, his dad... I remember that. His dad, uh, I, I'm not sure if they uh, flew him back, but, the, you know, I had my wife and, uh, and a van because and, I was going to thinking, well, I'll get up there and... and put him to sleep for that but mm -hmm. uh, by the time I got back Kelly was already uh, Dr. Hardison had already fixed his jaw yeah uh, and uh, Payne and I were talking about the case and he said uh, I got through with that and then he had some lacerations on his face that needed to be fixed and in comes Tommy Johns and says Payne do you mind if I sew up those lacerations? <laughs> he said, be my guest. Yeah. And he said he did. You couldn't tell anything had happened when Tommy got through. He took a yeah. long time, but it was perfection. There were names. Uh, you just mentioned Payne Hardison. There, th those are names of the past that did so much for our community. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and the biggest thing that Payne uh, did for me was his son... Uh, also, Mark, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Uh, he, he he got involved in dentistry, and but after he had passed all of his education and everything, and came over to uh, work with Payne. Payne uh, had called me before, and he had a warrant fixed up for Mark, and he wanted me to serve the warrant on Mark, <laughs> which was hilarious. I know here he is his first day. He's probably a little bit nervous, like anybody would be and then i got to do that that was pretty special for me what was the warrant for um uh, it had something to do to do w with a um, um violation of how he he was performing his uh dentistry surgeries and i can't remember exactly what it was i was just more uh watching to see what his uh uh impression would be of having to having to have a warrant served on him and uh back then we, we could do things that you can't do now 
I mean, there there was a lot of um, uh, common sense fun in, in a lot of the things that we all did. And we all knew each other back then, which was amazing. Of course, the county was a lot smaller at that time than, than it is now. Uh, it was lo like they were known like Dr. Rulin was known in Cannon County and in, in, in Woodbury. And uh, I miss those days. I really do. So do I. It, it, it was just, uh, this, this was, is the greatest place to be still. But during the golden years, I called them, it was even more special at that time. It, I still get a little twinge in, in my heart when I drive by that empty lot. Oh, it yeah. It used to be the old Rutherford. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in there and saw a lot of my buddies, my brother, uh, Russell, he was kicked in the back of the head by a horse when he was going through equestrian classes at MTSU. And and uh, I, that was one of the hardest days in my family's life because he was 18 years old when he passed away. But I, I knew that area backwards and forwards because uh, there was a lot of action going on in, in that ER back in those days. Oh, I know. I used to hang out down there just to, for the adrenaline rush. Yeah, you would get a, a, a rush when you went in there. Yeah. Especially when somebody's trying to knife you or shoot you while you were in there. When Dr. Heffington was here, somebody came in there and tried to shoot him. There were bullet mark, marks on the wall. And they missed. And they missed. Yeah. you got a good memory. You've got, your don't memory ask, goes back like mine does. Don't ask Although me. my, my is not that solid. Just don't ask me anything important. <laughs> but he, uh, earlier we were talking about that um, duplex that I have over there on Highland. And yeah. that, that fellow who put the roof on uh -huh. advertised himself as Charles the Carpenter. I can do anything. And uh, I was that, looking. That didn't kind of give a hint to you that. I was looking for somebody to uh, uh, redo my uh, barn in the backyard. We were living down on Lillard, had an acre and a half, mm -hmm. and and an old barn. And, uh, the doors were rotting off, so I saw the ad in the, in the paper, and I called him, and he came over there. And when I got back home from work that day, that barn looked better than it did when it was new. Mm-hmm. A fantastic job," he said. "It looked like it needs some painting too, so I went down and got some paint and painted and painted it. But uh, then I hired him to do several other jobs. He did plumbing, he redid a kitchen, he did siding, and uh, of course, when I needed the new roof, he put that on. And uh, is he still here, around? He's a river bend. Oh, he was. Uh, at one time at Brushy Mountain with James Earl Ray. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And I was eating uh, lunch uh, one day in the uh, doctor's OB lounge. Mm -hmm. It was 11 o'clock, and uh, Karen Puckett was doing the Channel 4 News. And I was eating a bowl of soup, and she said, the police are on the lookout for a man... Uh, who uh, is wanted for murdering his wife. Mm. And I won't say his name, but she, uh, then she said his name, and I just dropped my spoon in my soup. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Mm. And my wife said to me, and you were up on that roof with this guy. So 
I found out, um, wasn't Bart Smith, one of your uh, deputies, turned in to be the wheel tax officer? Uh, no, he, he didn't work with us. Uh, he must have been in the police force then. When I, he used to be down... Uh he used to be down in the ER all the time. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, what I uh, found out from, uh, I can't think of his name now. He was, the, he, he, was in, he, did, he was a wheel tax officer, but he, he did not work for us. Okay. Yeah, he, he worked for the county court clerk and, and the mayor also, the, the mayor or the county executive, whichever way you want to call it. The, he was uh, a good man. I got a call from uh, the uh, lead detective for the state, Randy. Randy Galloway? Randy Galloway. Yeah. I knew Randy from the time he was a rookie policeman because his wife needed an emergency C-section, Dr. Young did. And yeah. And I remember uh, we were putting everybody to sleep back then, and I went in, and we got him to sleep, and got her to sleep, and Dr. Young got the baby out, and he was fine. And I went out with Dr. Young to see Randy. Bud Young. Bud Young. Yeah. And, I mean, this kid's 20 years old, and there's just tears just rolling down his face. I mean, he was all torn up. Mm -hmm. And the... Uh, he he worked his way up in the... Was he with the... Uh, TBI, or he was a big deal. Now, which one are we talking about now? Randy. Randy. Randy was the uh, uh, DA's investigator. Okay. The district attorney's investigator. Yeah. Um, he worked for the sheriff's office at one time. He he was there under uh, uh, Robert Goodwin. Robert Goodwin's daughter worked for Jim Arnhardt at the hospital. She, she was his secretary. Uh, wouldn't have been his daughter. Uh, Robert Goodwin didn't have a, a daughter. He had three boys. Well, maybe it was the wife of one of the boys. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Okay. But, uh, I kept thinking, boy, I'll tell you what, this, this, this guy, uh, got upset with his wife because he, he'd only finished... The last part, he had the roofing cloth on, mm -hmm. and a big storm came up the next morning. It was so bad, it, it blew right up under the roofing cloth, and it caused mm -hmm. one of the roofs in the storage area to collapse. Mm -hmm. So he called his wife over there to uh, help him clean that mess up. And uh, I could see what was going on from Dr. John's room on the third floor of the hospital. That was when they did the new the new section. Yeah. And... Uh, I saw two trucks over there. I said, I wonder who that other truck is. So when I got through, I went on over there, and I got out of my truck, and I heard screaming and cursing and just all kinds of stuff going on, and I walked around the other side, and uh, there was this woman, and she she appeared to be a young boy. Hmm. She, You know, she was flat-chested, she had a hunting shirt on, mm -hmm. and he was reading her the riot act, and she was there, had left her job to help him clean that up. Of course, when he saw me, all that stopped. Mm -hmm. And I said to my wife, when he comes over to get paid for this job, I'm going to have a talk with him. I can't have that stuff going on in my properties. Yeah. 
And he came over to get paid, which he always wanted in cash. And that was a $3,200 job, and I always gave him the $3,200, the, uh, his bill in cash, as long as he filled out a receipt for yeah. me so I'd have something in case I got audited. Yeah. And when he came to get his money, he had her with him. And I said, I'm not going to get into this with her here. So that was on a Thursday. And Saturday night, he, he beat her to death over at the Stones River Apartments. Mm. And uh, Paul Newman yep. was, DA, was prepping DA. me for my, uh, because I'd gotten, I, I knew this was going to come. The mm. call came, and it was Randy Galloway. I said, yeah. I knew I'd be hearing from you. He says, well... We got your handyman in Chattanooga, and uh, he had uh, a 9 millimeter in his belt, a bag of marijuana in his pocket, and an open Bible on the dashboard. He was very, very conflicted. And, I mean, I knew he was Looney Tunes when I first met him, but he did such good work, I just kept using him because I never had any trouble with him. But when Paul was... Uh, prepping me for the uh, my testimony for the prosecution mm -hmm. uh, I said Paul uh, why when when uh, Charles was finally released from Brushy Mountain was he not put on medication he said he was on medication he was on medication the whole time he was there and when he got out he quit taking it yeah. so he was what you call a manic depressive manic yeah he go through these mood changes Quickly. Yeah, and they can be very dangerous. And he was. And I said, uh, so Paul spent the first 20 minutes talking about uh, Garth yeah. and kicking. The next, <laughs> the next 20 minutes he spent wanting to know all about spinal yeah. anesthesia. And the last uh, 20 he went into the, the case for my testimony. And I said, uh, do you have the coroner's report? He says, yes, I do, but I'm not going to let you read it. He says, it's yeah. the worst thing I've ever read. Yeah. He said, Dr. Harlan's going to be here uh, next week to testify. Mm. He said, and if, if you can get off work to, to hear his testimony, you'll find out how bad it was. It's amazing how much rage can be in a person like that. Well, Monday, uh, they had, they, the trial started. And uh, I was called twice from the hospital. I went down once, and uh, Bart Smith was there. He said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm, I'm going to testify for this. He said, they haven't even gotten the jury seated yet. Yeah. So I went back to work, and uh, then they called me again, and I went down, and it was, it was time to testify. And... Uh, not much happened on the first day, and uh, Wednesday was going to be Dr. Harlan. Tuesday, Charles had his plea was innocent, but on Tuesday he stood stood up and gave up the ghost, and uh, was sentenced to uh, eighty percent of eighty-five years. And he was forty-four then, so he's going to be there to lead eyes, which is a good thing. And he's probably in the shop working. Because he was a good carpenter. And probably on his medicines, we hope. Uh, uh, did you get to testify? Yes. All right. Do you do you remember which DA was uh, 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 
pointing the questions Melton, at you. For the defense. Oh, Melton was? For the def- he was for the defense. Okay. Uh, who now, the D- El- Melton worked for... Uh, yeah. I can't recall who the DA well, it'd was. Well, uh, this it would have been Guy Dotson. Okay. And uh, they had a... The, the, the DA's office at, 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 in Rutherford County, and of course included in Cannon County, uh, they were the best there ever was. I mean, there's no one that could come close to the way that they can uh, lead you into a trap that you're not really expecting. And that's what you have to have as a district attorney. Well, was a, uh, a murder case like that, they, they prep them as as well as anybody can, uh, the, uh, the the defense attorneys. And you have to be able to uh, uh, go beyond their expectations. And, and uh, Guy Dodson, and of course, Bill Weitzel came after him. And in fact, he worked for uh, Guy Dodson. And Paul Newman also worked for them also. And uh, it was, uh, we were very blessed to have those people representing us in Rutherford County, the DA's office. They were they were they were beyond any others that I've ever seen. And Paul is still active. Yeah, he's still active. Yeah. Yeah. And uh uh let's see. Uh he also starred in a lot of movies. Really? Yeah. You don't remember Paul Newman and <laughs> my goodness got me yeah he 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 does his own show on every once in a while on the fridays i i hear paul, paul's a great guy I he's a lot him. of fun i love listening to those interviews in the morning yeah before the the show comes on yeah uh, some of them are uh quite interesting and uh of course one of the things that they focus on I don't know if you remember or not, but we started the cold case uh, uh, investigators uh, many years ago because uh, we knew who a lot of the perpetrators were, but we just didn't have the evidence strong enough to get them in a court of law because once you they get a, um, a, a verdict on it and it doesn't go in our favor, we can't bring it back up again. So uh, Guy Dodson was very adamant about unless we've got what we feel like is a hundred percent case on that individual he wouldn't take it and we were very fortunate that he wouldn't because we were able because of the advancement in science and all the other things um, those cases were able to be brought into a court of law and every one of them were successful which is amazing boy that was that was nerve-wracking I I really wasn't nervous. Yeah. And, uh, but when I got home that day and got out of my truck, I thought I was just going to collapse. I, I was, I, all of a sudden, I just felt totally spent. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure on you. Even, even on the uh, law enforcement officers who have to present the case, uh, they're going to be, uh, uh, targets of the defense, and they'll they'll try everything to um, get the officer to make a mistake. Um, and uh, we've been very blessed to have great law enforcement officers in this community, also. But uh, 
we know how you as a witness feel because we've all been through that. Uh, everybody goes through it. And no matter how many times you've done it, there's still an, an enormous amount of pressure on each officer who goes up and testifies against an individual. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Paul Petrelli. Why move into a new house and, and leave a home that you already have memories with? Farrah Construction had already done the bathroom. Then we decided to move a wall or two and redo the playroom. If you can dream it, we can turn it into reality. And they did. The best investment in enjoyment that we ever made. We're family here at Farrah Construction. We care about you. This is Ron Hall with Farrah Construction. Call 615-893-6120. If you haven't been by Discount Mattress, stop on by. They're in their new home, 1647 Northwest Broad Street, next to Pinnacle Bank. You don't have to wait for big sales to save hundreds on a new mattress. Save now on top brands like Simmons, Serta, Englander, M. Lilly, and more. Their new warehouse, 1647 Northwest Broad Street, is absolutely stacked to the ceiling. So stop on in, same-day delivery or pickup at Discount Mattress, 1647 Northwest Broad, next to Pinnacle Bank. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St. Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24-7. Get the care you need at getsthealthcare.com. It's about that time again for the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale coming up July 16th through the 18th. $7 gets you in all weekend as you shop unique rugs, jewelry, custom furniture, fine linens, and much, much more. Parking is free and food and beverages are available for purchase inside the venue. Catch all the action this year at the Middle Tennessee Expo Center on 1660 Middle Tennessee Boulevard in Murfreesboro. Your next great find is waiting for you at the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale July 16th through the 18th. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Nashville area attorneys, a partner men can count on, online at CordellCordell.com, 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. It's Mattress Firm's biggest 4th of July sale ever. Hurry in and get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen bed for the price of a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend just $6.99 on Sealy. Or save $500 on all Tempur-Pedic Breeze mattresses. With our low price guarantee, you can rest assured you'll get the best bet at the best price. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The numbers are in from Tennessee's housing report for the first quarter of 2021, and they show that despite the slow economic recovery, the housing numbers remain positive, and the U.S. and Tennessee economies continue to recover. The one exception among indicators was a slight year-over-year increase in the past-due mortgage in Tennessee, which could indicate future problems as past-due mortgages could become foreclosures. 
And Tennessee ranks near the bottom for states for administering vaccines. Officials at Vanderbilt University say they're sending unused doses of vaccine back to the CDC before they expire so they can be sent to other states who want to use them. Only 36% of Tennessee residents are fully vaccinated. Drivers leaving keys and key fobs in their vehicles and not locking the doors has led to an increase of auto thefts in Murfreesboro. In several cases, weapons were stolen from the vehicles. Detectives say that so far about 57 vehicles have been stolen within the city limits of Murfreesboro from April 1st to June 18th. 19 vehicles were stolen by a stranger. Officers have beefed up patrols all over the city hoping to curb thefts in motor vehicles and motor vehicle thefts. Police also say before you go to bed, make sure the doors to your vehicle are locked and all your valuables have been removed. Tennessee was performing well on high school graduation rates immediately before the COVID-19 pandemic, but was falling short on percentage of children living in poverty and other measures. The 2021 Kids Count data book says that puts Tennessee in the bottom half nationally across four key domains of child well-being. This year's Data book shows nearly a decade of progress could be erased by the COVID-19 pandemic unless policymakers act boldly to sustain the beginnings of a recovery from the coronavirus crisis. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Picture this. You start your day with an aerobics class in the indoor saltwater pool. You enjoy a cup of coffee on your private balcony before heading to a book club meeting in the parlor. You grab a made-from-scratch chicken salad sandwich from the soda shop for lunch just before live entertainment in the courtyard. For dinner, you join your neighbors for a five-star meal in the formal dining room. All of this at Adams Place Independent Living. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Well, plenty of sunshine for the forecast area. Highs mid-80s, light winds, clear 62 tonight, 89 with sunshine for Thursday. I'm meteorologist Mandy Thaluber on News Radio WGNS. Currently 63. Classic kid movies are back this summer at Premier Six on Broad in Jackson Heights. $5 tickets include admission, drink, popcorn, and candy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for classic kid movies all summer. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back. Um, I do want to mention, of course, before I get back with Paul, that uh, Andrea Kelsey Calfee stopped by and with the DAR, and they have a lot of things going on right now. And uh, this, she's with the Colonel Hardy Murphy chapter uh, here in uh, Rutherford County. 
and uh, they have got uh, uh, also uh, they're going to be assisted by the Stones River chapter SAR color guard where they're going to present the road to independence and that's Monday, July the 5th at 2021. That's Monday, July the 5th, 2021. That's, of course, that's this year. 10 a.m. at the Rutherford County Historic Courthouse Lawn. Bring a chair and enjoy them. And uh, they uh, normally would be on the 4th of July as uh, they, they celebrate uh, uh, our freedoms here in, in, in our country and all the people that um, made it possible. So uh, go, to, go uh, to the courthouse square and bring your chairs and sit there and enjoy all the wonderful presentations that you will be hearing uh, that day and celebrate all the historical things that happen and the bravery that went on during that particular time for the people that made our country free. So um, you don't want to miss it. Now, uh, Paul, we, we've, we've gone in a number of directions as far as uh, what you've done uh, in, in, the, in your medical career. And we drifted over to a... Uh, court case that in, in here in Rutherford County, and there have been a, a, an enormous, uh, 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 a lot of different court cases that were way up in, in the hemisphere, you might say, that uh, uh, this community has been uh, represented so well by the district attorney's office, the law enforcement officers, but also by the people who step forward and become witnesses for the prosecution. And that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, it's very difficult. As you were saying earlier, uh, the uh, atmosphere in a courtroom is different than anything else that you'll ever experience. And you're put in a... Uh, in some ways, a precarious position of presenting that uh, evidence under extremely hostile conditions because uh, the uh, defense attorney will, will go after you with every weapon they've got. Now, you've already said that it, it was, your blood pressure was probably, what, 200 over <laughs> 150 at the time? Uh, it, it is, but 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 you in in somewhere along the way of you presenting your evidence, everything's kind of becomes easier for you, didn't it? As as you're uh, experiencing having to tell all the uh, 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 things that were happening during the time that made you be able to testify during that time. Um, it, it's um, it's probably something you'll never forget in your whole life. Oh, I've told the story a hundred times. Yeah. And, uh, of course, being on your show is just like being right back in the witness stand again. <laughs> oh, no. Don't tell. I'll never get another guest. <laughs> I never miss it. Uh, and also, uh, you can put yourself 
along with the uh, all the others who you didn't give your life, but you gave of you could have jumping out of airplanes. You were in World War One, weren't you? Uh, no, actually, it, it, it was a revolutionary war. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> I look like I'm that old now. <laughs> How many jumps did you do? You know, I, a lot of guys counted, and a lot of, I didn't. I never counted the jumps because it was, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I want to tell you why I went. First of all, my mate, I worked for a major, two colonels, a brigadier general, and a sergeant major. Uh, I was in an office with those. And they talked me into going to jump school. But I also went, I made $75 more a month by going to jump. I was starving to death. Uh, most people were during that time. Uh, but uh, it, was a, it, it was a different experience. Sometimes I wonder if I wasn't uh, pushed into it. Because I was scared of heights. And w when we were up there, that very first jump, Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, when they opened up those side doors, I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and everybody up there, you know, they were trying to be macho. You know how it is with, with guys like us. And uh, all of a sudden, their eyes got bigger than saucers when those doors opened up. And, and we knew we had to go out those doors. It was a, it was an experience I'll never forget, that very first jump. Did that get easier? Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. But uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that big a deal, uh, really, when you get right down to it. Were you jumping when they still had the... Had the T-10s. Oh, T10 you had parachute. the T, okay. Yeah. So you could land on your feet. Uh... If the wind wasn't blowing, if you had a wind that was, I can't remember what the miles per hour before they would let you jump out, but I know a number of times the wind decided that it would get us before we hit the ground. And you have to know how to land what you will go down and then you'll come up if you've got a perfect PLF and then you can run around the T-10 the parachute and and it will deflate it'll take the air out of it so you know if you listen to all the guys that are teaching you you'll be fine it's not that really big of a deal although i did have a left knee that didn't have anything holding it together when i went through jump school and uh, i was lucky i didn't i wasn't injured during that time well i fought uh i fought in the uh vietnam conflict and uh, I was sitting on a stool passing gas in Smyrna, Tennessee. <laughs> at the I'm Seward, not sure I want to. Seward, I, I want to ask the question on that one. Seward Air Force Base. That's uh -huh. what people always said about me. That what's your job? Sitting on a stool passing gas? Yes, as a matter of fact, it is. Putting people to sleep. Put? Uh, are you putting gas in a C-130? <laughs> the only time I, ha I lived with a command pilot. And uh, I got to fly in the C-130 a few times. That's a great aircraft. And, That's what uh, we mostly jumped out of. Um, when they would have drills, they would call us at 2 o'clock in the morning. We had uh, what was called a tactical hospital. Mm -hmm. So you were supposed to 
tear it apart, put it in a box, load it on the C-130, and go to wherever you were going. And I was, wow. con- I was convinced that sooner or later I was going to wind up in Vietnam. It only happened twice. And they said, when you show up, when we call a drill, you'd, be- you'd better not be clean-shaven. In other words, don't get up and shave and mm-hmm. get up and just put on what you got and let's go. Yeah. And I had an anesthesia machine that you could you could take it apart and put it in its own box. Mm. And uh, along with some cylinders and I'd get all my junk together, drugs and laryngoscopes and stethoscopes and whatnot. And the uh, the truck would take us out to the tarmac. And they even let us get so far as to start loading it on the on the airplane, and they'd say, "This is just a drill." <laughs> and that happened twice. But uh, when I took, I flew for 15 years after I got out. I had all my uh, my private, my commercial, my instrument, and the the fellow who taught me my instrument training over at at the Smyrna Airport was a 20-year navigator in a C-130. And he had a lot of horror stories to tell. And I had a few myself from flying private because I had my own airplane. Uh, Why did you uh, decide to get a license to fly? Just because I always wanted to. Wow. And... uh, So you're crazy also. I have never met a pilot yet that wasn't crazy out of his mind. This this guy was such... He was a Tommy Johns, only he was a pilot. He he would tell me... Because we were doing instrument training, and I mean, that was intense. Yeah. He'd tell me how to do a particular maneuver or do something with my uh, radio or my navigation equipment. Mm-hmm. And... Then he said, now you do it. And if I didn't do it exactly the way he wanted it done, he, he'd just go nuts. And I was, I was thinking, he, I, th- I think he's going to start to cry. <laughs> he's so upset with me. But the man saved my life. Yeah. He did because I got, had my family uh, in full fuel and uh, baggage. We were grossed out. Yeah. up over the Adirondacks, and we flew into, uh, not, it wasn't my doing because I checked my weather on the ground and twice in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to visit relatives, and uh, I was IFR. We were flying in just like a canoe. It was just smooth and, yeah. and great. All of a sudden, there was, it was raining so hard there was water coming in the doors. Hmm. I was gaining and losing three or four hundred feet in just a few seconds. It turned me around 180 degrees. And uh, I was with uh, Boston Center at the time, Air Route Traffic Control. Mm-hmm. And I said, I am having ex- extreme turbulence here. Well, I had a Cessna 172 single engine. He says, well, we, we got a call from uh, somebody in a Cessna 310, and he says it was just light to moderate turbulence. I said, well, in a 172, it's severe turbulence. He says, what are you doing? I says, I'm trying to get back 
on track uh, for my flight plan. I said, I've got turned 180 degrees. Huh? That's what I heard. Huh? <laughs> and we were always taught in that kind of thing, just five degrees at a time until you get back, you know, where you're on your Victor Airway. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of was Buddy Richardson mm. hollering at me and getting upset with me and, he used to say, you make this airplane do what you want it to do. Break it if you have to. Yeah. You're in charge of this airplane. It's not in charge of you. And, and really, he, he saved my life. Too many things can go wrong. But if you have a, a great instructor, from what I have been told, uh, th- they can make your trip so much safer because they cover so many things that may go wrong. But the... Uh, how do you think when what happened in uh, that the plane went down uh, over at Percy Priest just recently? How, how does that affect you? Well, uh, all you can do is try to, with my knowledge of airplanes, I mean, I flew uh, multi-engine airplanes as well. Yeah is what could possibly have gone wrong with that thing. And uh, I listened to, uh, did did you have? It had Larry Williams on. Oh, Larry Williams, yeah. yeah. And all the ideas he may have had. Yeah. And all I could do is listen because he, uh, he's he been in it for, what, 30-some-odd years? He's one of the best investigators I've ever known. Yeah, I worked with his wife. She was an OR nurse yeah. at one time, and then she quit and went to back to school and taught school yeah uh, for a number of years i have been on the scene a number of times with um larry we were pretty much protecting the scene uh, when uh, a lot of the aircraft has gone down here inside rutherford county itself and he's the best i've ever seen he can put everything back together without a hitch i mean i just We've been very fortunate to have investigators like Larry Williams who are able to put the puzzle back together. Um, The Smyrna Fire Department has been out to both of those sites, Mm -hmm. and Garth was out there uh, when Captain Cuss, uh, Blue Angel. Yeah. uh, Boy, Smyrna did such a great job with that. They really did. Well... And, and Brian uh, Hercules, of course, is the city manager over in Smyrna. Uh, he he said uh, that that the the Smyrna uh, Fire Department is one of the best fire departments anywhere in the country, and I'll agree with him. And and, and they did very well. On and, those. and they spare no money. Yeah. At, at, at Smyrna, uh, I mean, Garth was showing me his. He has to rotate firehouses every. He was a lot. I, I had. Uh, I was very fortunate to have him on my show, and he did such a great job. He really did. Very bright young man. But uh, he went out to the cuss wreck, and he said, uh, just from across his nipples to uh, a belt line is all that was left of him. Yeah. Because, and I said. Was it the metal sheared it off? He says, no, it was a tree. And he drove that thing into the ground on purpose. Yeah. So as to not cause any damage to property or life. 
and uh, after he he was almost when he was ready to hit, he ejected and hit a, hit a big tree limb, and it just mm. cut him in half. Yeah, it was awful. Garth, those guys see some awful stuff. Yeah, they do. Uh, there was a fellow went out off of uh, Old Fort Parkway back when it was still heavily wooded. Mm -hmm. I was about uh, seven or eight years ago and uh, sat against a tree and committed suicide, shot himself in the head. And they looked for days. They couldn't find this guy until somebody finally saw the buzzards. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they called the fire department. <laughs> and Garth was on, on the, the scene. He said, man... He said, this, this guy was almost liquid. Yeah. We had to double bag him to carry him out there. He said, and the smell lasted forever in your nose. The smell is always the worst. It's something that's been there for a pretty good while. I know in Smyrna, we had to go up. Uh, there was one of the neighborhoods up there, that, and they had they kept smelling something, and they said it was just awful. So uh, then finally one of the the people in uh, one of the homes nearby the home, they said, "This there hasn't been any activity in this house in a long time, and they're usually out. So um, uh, Rudy White and myself, we <laughs> drove up out there. You remember Rudy, I'm sure. Walter Mitty. Yeah. So we went out and uh, went to this house, and the smell was awful. So... We uh, got into the house, um, nobody there, and then we went out to the garage, which which is uh, uh, where the most of the smell was. And as soon as we opened that garage door, Rudy and I both went down to our knees. It was unbelievable. And, of course, what he had done is he kept his car running and... and uh, um, he had been dead probably, uh, I can't remember, but it was a number of days. And you can imagine as the body starts to change, um, it, it's one of those things. It took me three or four days where I could eat after, after taking all that inside my body. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And, but as bad as that is, I think the worst is when... For me is when the body is actually burned, and uh, it's a sweet smell, and and but it, you never get that out of your head. It just it, it seems like you can remember that your whole life the smell of a body as it's burning, and uh, but you think of the crazy things people in law enforcement and in the fire department people in public safety what what all the things that they go through um, a lot of it's bad most of it is good where you're out protecting people and and you enjoy that part of it but we're not as crazy as you people that will get into an airplane and you want to fly on your own <laughs> there's just something that's just not right about that well, I sure did enjoy it, and then I flew New York, South Carolina, Florida, Pennsylvania. Uh, did some commercial work. Uh, you you were in Eastern Pennsylvania, weren't you? No, this was while I was in Tennessee. No, 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 no. Tell me oh, where yeah. you were. You were raised in Pennsylvania. N northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. North of uh, Philadelphia, right? 
North, 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 northwest of Philadelphia, about 60 miles. Yeah. And uh, where the uh, anthracite coal mining industry was centered and where they made, Paramount made the movie. Have you ever heard of the Molly Maguires? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They were essentially the, the Ku Klux Klan, only they were worse than the Ku Klux Klan. They did a lot of killing. And uh, on behalf of Weren't them, they primarily Irish? Yes, they were Irish. And yes. It, and it, in fact, it started in Ireland uh-huh. and, uh, re- and reorganized in the United States to help the miners who essentially were enslaved yeah. The Irish were yeah. by the mine owners, and uh, they made that movie three three miles from my back door wow. of where I grew up. And they took that town. It's called Eckley, Pennsylvania. They had a, about 300 people there, maybe. Mm-hmm. And those people had dug themselves out of the 1920s mm-hmm. and put siding on their houses and uh, remodeled them and uh, got the street paved and they got electricity. And they were, they, when I was a kid, they were still using outhouses. And we'd, we, we'd, we had that here. We'd walk down there yeah. in that three miles. And I had uh, one of my classmates, family lived there. He had 17 siblings. Oh, wow. And they lived in one of the uh, owners' homes there, and they had indoor plumbing. They, uh, were they all Philadelphia Philly fans? <laughs> I guess so. Did I'll, Sean Connery play in that movie? Sean Connery, Richard Harris, and Samantha Edgar. Uh, and uh, Sean was... Uh, He was the uh, he was the imperial wizard of that a uh, counterpart of the imperial wizard yeah. of the KKK and he he ran that thing and uh, he and they they got so bad they had to call the Pinkertons in hmm. and they uh, arrested they infiltrated uh, the uh, Molly McGuire's to see how they were functioning and how all this stuff was going on. They were doing they they were blowing up mines, uh, blowing up railroad tracks, just costing the the uh, mining companies a fortune. Hmm. So they finally uh, got in there, and uh, twenty of them got arrested by the Pinkertons. Yeah. And 40 of them got arrested by the Pinkertons, and 20 of them got hanged uh, for their their deeds two days in a row, 10 and 10. It was it was back just like the old West. Yeah. People came out to watch it because they they suffered terribly from the uh, all of the goings on because when they blew up the mines. The miners lost their jobs. Yeah. And they thought they were helping them. What you got? That's what. Oh, is this the the Mickey Mantle uh, funeral? That's it. Wow. I appreciate this.
I have one for Thomas. Oh, he'll love that. Yeah. That's, oh. That's my daughter who uh, was in the production truck during that funeral because they broadcasted it all over the state. Uh, KXAS, I believe it was the biggest TV station uh, in Texas. Well, he was my favorite baseball player, as you know. Oh. Bless your heart. That was that had to be a, your daughter. Look at the names on the back of the program. The back. No, not hers. This one. Yeah. Okay. All right. The Paul Bears for Mickey Mantle. Uh, Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford, Bill Scourin, Hank Bauer, John Blanchard, and Bobby Mercer. Now they were they were pretty much all linked to the spine, every one of them. They ran together. Although Yogi was a little bit different than the rest of this this group. But um He grew up with Garagiola mm -hmm. who wound up catching for the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh Bill Scourin stepped on me when I was a kid. Why he came out the entrance, the uh, patron's entrance, I don't know. But my dad and I were leaving, and all I knew is I nearly got knocked over. My foot got stepped on, and it was Moose. He was in a hurry to get somewhere. That's how I remember his name, uh, Bill Moose Scourin. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah, it's mostly what the. But uh, Bobby Richardson was the preacher there. He was. In that one. When he retired, uh, he went into the seminary and became a, a minister. Wow. Yeah, he wasn't uh, a woman-chasing drinker. He was, no. he, was, he was clean as the driven snow. Bobby Richardson was a great second baseman, too. Terrific. Yeah. He nearly got killed catching that line drive that Willie McCovey hit in the World Series. Well... I guess more, I think that Mickey, the friends that he had when he first went up and started playing with the Yankees, they um, they sent him on a, on a trip toward, I think that's what really brought Mickey down was his drinking. And you, you remember what he said, if he knew he was going to live as long as he did, he would have taken better care of himself. Because, <laughs> you know, his dad died young. A lot of the family back in Oklahoma, uh, they worked in the mines and things like that, and many of them did not live long during that particular time. We're kind of relating back to what went on in uh, Pennsylvania. George Burns said the same thing on his 100th birthday. If I knew I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. Well, his wife, I think she was the champion of that team oh, right absolutely, there. Absolutely. Oh, and she was just a sweetheart. Oh, I will put this away uh, because you know how I was attached to the Yankees. I, I would listen to uh, Mel Allen call the games. Back in times when I was... Uh, Hello, everybody. Yeah. This is Mel Allen. 
Did you ever hit, listen to the game when Mickey Mantle would hit a home run? Yeah, And sure. get a hold of it? You knew it by listening to the sound that that ball was gone because he – nobody else had that sound that he did. It was just It was just something that was unreal. He was almost magical in the way that he played baseball. And uh, everybody has their own particular star in baseball, more in baseball than I think than any other sport. Baseball is America. And, and, and the people that played it, they were all our heroes back in those days. It, Absolutely. It was special. Every, every young kid wanted to play baseball. When we were kids we used to we played ball until you couldn't see the ball anymore yeah all summer long but uh, I had a college prep school I could throw a stone to it from where I grew up and I attended that school and they had a uh, across the street from it they had a gymnasium built and then they had what we called the bull yard and how that came about I don't know but there were about 30 huge oak trees in that mm-hmm. bull yard and we played we'd throw a rubber ball as absolutely as fast as we could throw it and we every and two people could play a pitcher and the batter and what you would be you would be on the Yankees and you would have to you would well you know it's okay it's Yogi Berra so I would bat right-handed okay it's Mickey Mantle he's gonna bat left-handed and we all learned to switch hit Mm -hmm. just because we were playing that game Yogi was, do you remember um, when they had a, uh, a game going on and uh, they were, uh, Yankees were playing, um, what was it, the Dodgers, I think. And um, Jackie Robinson was stealing home. Do you remember that game? It was one of the more famous games. And uh, Jackie Robinson was stealing home, and Yogi caught the the ball and tagged him out three or four feet before he ever got to home plate. <laughs> the umpire called him safe, and Yogi went ballistics because there's no way he was safe. I mean, everybody looking at it, I, I, I saw that, and I said, there's no way you could call him safe. But it was just a sign of the times during that particular time. But Yogi, uh, he had a, a great way of responding to things. You remember when the the the, the perfect game, uh, Don Larson threw the perfect game in the World Series. I remember. He ran as fast as he could go and just uh, jumped up, jumped up, and 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 uh, Don Larson had to catch him in the air. I mean, it just. The, the emotions of, of baseball, uh, to me, are they will stand out in your mind longer than anything else that happens in the world of sports. It's, it's just amazing. You were lucky to live close to. You're fairly close to a, a ballpark, of course. We were. The, uh, we went uh, when we were. Uh, in the safety patrol at school, mm-hmm. they they took us to a ball game on a wow. train to Philadelphia. Yeah. And but my father, I don't know. I probably have seen two dozen Yankee games. Wow. 
but he, as I told you, he'd go down there just to see, watch them get beaten, and yeah. which they didn't. Your dad didn't like the Yankees. No, he did didn't he? like the Yankees, and I never could tell him that I loved him. <laughs> he he might have put me out of the house. You'd had to be out trying to make it on your own as a young kid. Bless your heart. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a great show today. I will, I'll have to have you back on, and uh, and we we can touch a lot of topics. I was going to mostly go with uh, the medical part, but there's just too many uh, options today. So I, I, I had a good time with it. Well, I did as well, and thank you for asking me. Thank you, Paul. And uh, we will see you guys in the morning. In fact, uh, we'll have uh, John Daniel Rudd on, uh, Dr. Rudd. And we'll see you in the morning at night. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.